Welcome, my Chicana and Latina moms. This space has been created only for you, solo para nosotras, Chicanas and Latina moms. In these episodes that I share with you, I talk about self-care and self-love and how to empower your being. You are not alone, and this is a revolución. We will continue to fight, fight for what is right for our being, starting with our own mental health, to be able to help and inspire those in need, starting with ourselves, our kids, our family, our community. I hope you enjoy all of these episodes that I record for you with all of my corazón para todas mis hermanas, Chicanas and Latina moms. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias. Hola, Chicana and Latina moms, ¿cómo están? Thank you so much for being here. We have a Chingona guest speaker, and her name is Maritza. Hola, Maritza. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to meet with you guys. Yes, thank you. So you're an LMFT. Um, that's so awesome. And um, if you can tell us about yourself. Yes, of course. So I am a mom of two. I'm married, so I have two middle ones, three and five, and I uh, have a virtual practice. Uh, I started it in the pandemic, just noticing mm. that a lot of Latino families were reaching out to me, needed help, and I was always kind of scrambling for Spanish-speaking therapist, um, and that's really what motivated me to launch my private practice. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, it's it's a lot of work to get there, but it's so worth it, right? Because you have that freedom as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, lots more flexibility. Yes. Um, and you can't, you can't beat that when you have a family, I think, and you're a working mom. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so true. So what made you want to be a therapist? Yeah, great question. I think, I don't know, I just started back in high school, and um, I was really inspired by a psychology college teacher, mm -hmm. and I just noticed I really had a passion for psychology, learning about relationships and family dynamics, and then, um, you know, they always had us do projects and self-work and self-reflection about yeah. your own family, and so that really inspired me to see, um, like, wanting to be something more um, in the field, um, and then I went into a career class to kind of see, like, well, what job opportunities are out there if I, you know, take on the psychology field and yeah. I knew I wanted to work pe with people and I knew I didn't want to do research um, even though I've done that to some extent I yeah. knew my primary focus would be like working with people oh so, nice yeah yeah Here that's I good <laughs> I know it paid off and it's so awesome so um where are your parents from your family 
Yeah, both my parents are from Michoacan, Mexico. So they both came when they were, I believe, teens um, with their families and, you know, a working family um, in the farm and, and then eventually starting their own business in the restaurant business. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, my mom's, my mom's from Michoacan as well. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so maybe, I don't know if you're familiar, but they're, they're from Cotijas, a small town. Oh, Cotijas? I have, yeah. oh, okay. You know what? I think I've heard it. Whenever I say there's, well, where my mom was born is uh, Potrilleros, but I don't think a lot of people know. It's also a lot, a little ranchito somewhere in Michoacan. Same, same, same. That's, that's really where my family is. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like, you know, you came into this field because, you know, you have this passion of, like, helping people and um, focusing on helping them, you know, work on healthy romantic relationships, right? So, um, and it's hard. Relationships are are so hard, especially if many of us, you know, grew up seeing an example sometimes with our own parents trying to figure it out on their own right? Culture, right. society, religion, and especially when it comes to divorce, you can't divorce. I mean, ya ni modo, like, te jodiste kind of approach, you know, like, but it doesn't have to be that way. So, um, what, what is a healthy romantic relationship? Like, what does that look like? Or what do you see often as the issues, I guess, whichever you want to start off with? Yeah, I guess, like, I'll start off with the issues. What I, see people um, come in with. I see people come in with some blurred boundaries and um, a, uh, an idea around relationships and really a lot of confusion around what romantic relationships look like um, because they've had modeled, um, modeling parents that maybe weren't at their healthiest because they came to the United States and they had a lot of barriers and components that uh, created a lot of stress in the family. So a lot of the times it created like enmeshment and codependency and um, really trusting no one in the family. So they had role models um, that had other types of relationships that weren't exactly healthy. Um, so a lot of people that come in, come in feeling really overwhelmed, like nothing's working, like they can't identify the red flags of what an unhealthy relationship looks like, and they can't even um, notice those like boundaries that exist. Um, because their boundaries are blurred, they either were too codependent on somebody else. And, um, or the opposite, they didn't have any at all, and there was, you know, everything went, there was no rules or structure or routine in the home. So there wasn't a healthy balance. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's always those unspoken rules, right, in families. It's just behaving them. And also, like, with boundaries, it's so challenging because sometimes the message is like, how dare you set a boundary for me, right? And it causes a lot of yeah. anger, frustration, or resentment. Um, what do you think about the silent treatment when it comes to relationships? Yeah, so the silent treatment is also like known as like the stonewalling, and that's when like you don't communicate with that person when you're angry, 
frustrated, stressed, and that really creates a lot of tension in relationships because it's like bottling it up, right? Yeah. And I think the messages we receive uh, in a Latina culture is like, you know, sometimes it's don't say anything, keep it to yourself. No one wants to hear that if it's not a good thought or a happy yeah. comment. And then yeah. other times it's like, well, people want to know all of it. And it's like, there is no boundary as to like, well, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. But man, there's a lot of, for sure, blurred boundaries because yeah. you don't know what, what feels right to you or is this, you check in with somebody else. So you have this real confusion about, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't feel confident about it. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of suppressed emotions, right? Like, and you tend to ask yourself the question, you answer the question yourself. There's no processing into more of a like healthier approach because pride in our culture, well, in every culture, you know. But speaking of our the machismo, marianismo, you know, um, that 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 pride takes over, um, and that the traumas like you said part of that right the generational traumas that continue to just drag on and you did mention that codependency right um how can someone try to maybe how can i say this like como se pueden dar cuenta you know that they are codependent um mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a great question. You know, a lot of the time, that's why people come to see me. It's like they're feeling overwhelmed. There's so much going on their li- in their lives. And they don't exactly know, like, why am I feeling so anxious? I've always been the helper. Or I've always been, you know, the person people come to. But now I just feel frustrated. And it's like something's happened in their lives where they've reached their limit. And they don't recognize that everybody has these limits Mm -hmm. and so it's about starting to rewire relearn what it is to be a healthy individual separate from the other person yeah so you know it's interesting because a lot of the times you know the thing is it's not biological when I start off by telling you know my patients that this isn't biological this is environmental you learn Mm -hmm. how to communicate you learn how to relate to others. And so just like you learn, you can unlearn and relearn a different path. Mm-hmm. So it's really starting to dive into like, what do you want to say no to? What do you want to say yes to? And yeah. what feels comfortable to you, your mind, your body, your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the fear stops people from expressing, like you said, their emotions, their thoughts, or their needs, you know, because maybe the other person is not willing to or not ready to listen to them in the way that they need to be listened to. Um, but it is healthy, right, to be able to express it. And, and obviously when there's a transition, right, when there's a change happening in the relationship, there it's normal to have these uncomfortable emotions, Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Because when a person, another person feels that you're changing, that relationship automatically changes. Mm-hmm. It's like now you're starting to take a look at, does this feel good to me? Is this something I want? You know, do I want to be the helper all the time? 
or do I just want to be the helper some of the time? Mm -hmm. So clearly you have to, you know, assert and define that for someone and literally spell that out and say, you know, right now I'm not feeling well and I I just can't be there right now for you. So I, I need to take a little space to, you know, regroup. And then the the healthy individual will allow you to take that time and space that you're asking for. Yeah. Yeah. As you're saying this, it just makes me think how, I don't want to say all women, but some women, many women, (laughs) we think like our partners can read our minds. Like, you know, that it's like, "Mm, wait a minute, like you should know already what my needs are. And then that's not true. It's not true. No, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not because our needs change all the time. I mean... Think about the transitions that women go through. It's, uh, you know, sometimes some women get pregnant and have a baby, and other times people are, you know, establishing a new home. And so what I need from my partner will change, and it's about that flexibility and comfortability in saying, hey, here is what I need from you today. What do you need from me you know, so it's a give and take in a yes. relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not like what you should do for me, what you should do for me. But yes, meeting that halfway was like, okay, hold on a second. Like, okay, now I've asked a lot from you and I, what can I do for you? That right there, I think is awesome. It's really, yeah. you know, I think that people get into this space of just being compassionate, caring, loving, and it's like, okay. We're in this together. It's not just just me in this relationship because that happens a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot where one person might take on a role in a romantic relationship, and then um, you know sometimes you can't give your all and you can't give that fifty that day, that fifty percent even. So it is being comfortable and feeling safe in a relationship to say I don't feel good today or hey, you know, I'm noticing that this is how I feel today or this is what's going on with me today. And um, being able to do that and know that you, the partner is going to reciprocate, validate that, and, you know, even ask, like, what can I do for you? Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily like I need your validation. Like, you know, I can validate myself, but I also am seeking some support from you and I know I can get it. Yeah, exactly. And so what happens, you know, I mean, you work with so many clients, you know, in this area of relationships, like, I I ask that because sometimes, you know, couples go into therapy thinking, okay, we're going to go into therapy to help our relationship. And I'm sure it does, definitely. But I mean, there is that other percentage where they both or one realizes like, yeah, this is not for me, even though they go to therapy. That happens, right? Yeah, yeah, where one is more invested than the other. Um, And that just means, you know, maybe they're not ready. But um, on another note, there's some, like, outside of therapy, there's a lot of work people need to do as well. So it's also taking responsibility and accountability for your life, for your relationship. How much does this partner mean to you that you want to learn healthier ways of communicating and relating to them yeah yeah what like what would you say um about you know moms right they're in the relationship and 
um, they have this resentment, right? Something that happened maybe two, three years ago or a couple of months ago or, I don't know, heck, 15 years ago, and they still can't get over it. Is that their fault or is it the other person's fault or they're both of their fault? That that issue is still kind of dangling. Yeah, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're talking about, but I, I'm hearing that, like, you know, when someone is holding something like resentment, anger of past hurt, mm-hmm. it is the person's responsibility who's feeling that to be able to move past that because it's going to show up in their relationship time and time again Yeah, if they don't move forward. I mean, your brain doesn't forget, you know, that mm-hmm. that happened, but it starts being something that doesn't affect you anymore it it doesn't affect you emotionally anymore and it doesn't like stop the relationship right now from moving forward so it's so important to move past that because a lot of the time partners are like well they did that 10 years ago and they're still bringing it up in session right now and it's like you haven't internally independently gotten through that because you're still bringing it up here and your partner is sitting here like, what? Yeah. That was 10 years ago. I don't get it. I don't get why we're still there when we're here. And, yeah. and it's not even about that a lot of the time. Yeah. But a lot of the times it's about the trust. Like when there's, there, there's trust issues, there's a lot of past stuff that comes up. And yeah. a partner needs to realize or even a therapist that, hey, trust is what we need to work on. We yeah. need to rebuild that so that you can feel good. You've already learned from it. So how do you now grow from it? Yeah. Yeah, especially, right, if it's like, oh, there's an issue that happened 10 years ago, but then I'll still live with you. I'll, stare, I'll still, you know, share my life with you, but I won't. Yeah, <clears throat> I definitely agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I love that you say that, though, because a, a lot of people stay in something that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you're going to stay, you've got to create healthiness in it. Yeah. Um, you can change. The other person can change if you both take accountability. Um, of course, I'm not talking about abuse. You know, abuse is something completely different, and people should be seeing an independent individual therapist first to yeah. kind of navigate that. But the thing is, you know, it, it has to align. It has to make sense. If I'm saying I'm over it, then it has to align to like then live the I'm over it part. Yeah. Don't bring it up again because now you're creating a different space that you're saying one thing and doing another. Your behavior and actions aren't aligning. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about abuse, you know, um, you're talking about like 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 domestic violence, right? The verbal abuse emotional like the verbal physical Mm -hmm. yeah so sometimes you know um people think like oh you know he hit me because he loves me or and Mm -hmm. that's not true what do you think about how many how different people view love in their own way even though sometimes it's unhealthy yeah you know that's a really interesting thing because love sometimes gets you know, blurred into something else. They meet someone new. They're like, I'm in love. And it's like right away. 
and that isn't necessarily truthful that can be their adrenaline because it's something new and it feels so good mm-hmm. in the moment but it, it's more of a lust it's not yes. a love and so love takes time and of course i'm not saying love doesn't exist at first sight but are you getting yeah. to really know who that person is mm-hmm. and are you creating space to accept that person but also give parts of yourself without losing yourself in the process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I teach a lot of co-parenting high conflict cases. Um, and I've come across many relationships that no longer were able to continue as a couple because of the fact that they rushed into it. And now you have kiddos paying the price for it. Right. So, um, and yeah, the lust, can feel very uh, strong right at the moment, um, but being patient, right, um, with getting to know someone, obviously doing the, the yeah. work, and I think healing, finding ourselves, well, we say finding ourselves, right, but like healing um, things that we've gone through takes time, and it's not like we're going to get to a point where we're like, okay, I'm done healing, that's it, <laughs> you know, you don't get to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and I actually have had that happen on a numerous occasions like people think they're over it but they're suppressing a lot yeah and they're just like trying to live in the moment but they're not really going through the motions of what that was yes. and they're not really really processing you know what what this was if it was love or not um but yeah you're right most things like a process of like falling in love it definitely takes time because you're, you're falling in love with the person not the idea mm-hmm. of love. Yeah, exactly. As you're saying that, I think also of, is it an illusion or the reality, right? Right. Because right. They, they already created a wedding. They created like, you know, all these things and vacations and who knows what else in that, in that illusion where it's just like, oh, wait a minute. But reality is like, oh, I just, I just met him two months ago <laughs> or something, you know? Yes. Yes, and oftentimes I'm like, okay, you got to slow down. Yes. encounter you met, you're creating a life, a future. You're, you know, you became intimate, and you're already intimate, but do you even trust that person? Do you mm-hmm. know, like, what their daily life looks like? Do you know how they handle loss or stress? Have you lived that with them? And so you have to take things a little slower, much slower, to yeah. be able to build trust and really get to know the person and if it aligns to what you value and want in that other person. Yeah. Why do you think people have a difficult time being patient? Some of, well, I'll reflect on some of my patients. Some of my patients is, you know, they're, they're eager to find a committed partner. They're eager to get married get the house, you know, have children. Um, and sometimes it has to do with like where they're at in the stage and the expectations they had for their life at that moment. Like, you know, they've always expected to be married at 25 or, you know, have the house by 30. And so there's all these beliefs that they've created that gets in the way of them living and even choosing a, a good partner for themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. The time because they'll, because they'll take anything. You know what I mean? Yes. They'll, they'll, it's like I'll fall in love with whoever wants me, and I'll convince you that I'm a great person. And it's like, well, that's you're having to convince them, and if you're jumping in that quick, that's like those are red flags for you to be aware of. Yeah, that is so true. What do you think about this? Because I had seen this a quote or a video I remember a while back, and it said that if you feel butterflies in your stomach and you meet someone that, that that's not true true love because when you don't feel the butterflies and you get to feel like yourself that right there is a connection because then you're trying really hard to be someone you're not just to be liked does that make sense i mean yeah yeah i mean i think you know the butterflies can be different things but mm -hmm. i i don't think it needs I, I wouldn't say, like, read into your, you know, how you're feeling at the stomach of this, your, you know, core of this. Because it could be adrenaline. It could be serotonin. Just, like, feeling happy or feeling excitement in the moment. I mean, so it shouldn't be confused with, like, this is what it means. You know what I mean? Or doesn't mean. Yeah. And so sometimes I think people read into it too much. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas, like, that sort of excitement, they're like, it must be love. Most of the time I get people saying, like, that's love. I know it because, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> I want to see them today, tomorrow. I'm talking to them every day, and I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And then there's no space of, like, at least trying to miss each other. <laughs> yes, it happens. Yes, which is very, very much so necessary in relationships, like that space away from one another. Yeah, definitely. So if someone falls into these, you know, things that we just discussed of unhealthy um, behaviors, right, of, uh, in a relationship, how can, how can someone start, which you did see, you know, focusing on themselves, right, um, yeah. and doing the work for themselves, um, but what, what are the things do you think um, they can do? I mean, they can't force their partner to go to therapy, so how would you kind of like help someone help themselves and their relationships at some point that partner maybe does at least attend some sessions or what do you think yeah well I think it's hard to force anybody into counseling when they don't want it and not you know whether it's a belief around mental health or whatnot but I think as long as that one person goes, it could benefit the relationship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I ha I definitely have those situations where, like, their partner doesn't want to attend, and they're not as motivated, and they say, no, you're the one that needs the help. And it's like, as long as one person attends, that can be beneficial. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even just sharing with your partner what you've learned in therapy um, whether it's verbally or through like handouts you receive from our therapist, it could really help um, give your partner a different perspective on therapy and maybe even more willing to say, you know, that's interesting. I want to ask this. Yeah. You know, I see that this is, you know, helping you because you are showing me acts of kindness every morning or you are verbalizing like um, gratitude a lot more often and I've seen your mood change so you know just yeah. that one person changing can make a big difference yeah yeah you're so right I totally agree with you because when there's happiness and there's um this just peace within our being it's contagious right like so especially with our 
partners that uh, we feed off of each other, right? So, yeah, yeah that's, that's very helpful. And also, I think I also wanted to add, like, um, you know, being able to understand, like, okay, it's okay to feel all these emotions that come up, but it's how are you going to respond versus react, right? And um, mm-hmm. throughout the relationship. So, um, I did see that you're certified for EMDR, and I think many people don't know what that is. So I was wondering if you can share what that is, um, so they can, you know, seek that. Um, yeah, EMDR is great because a lot of folks who don't want to necessarily open up in counseling, like process every detail of every trauma. Um, it ends up being a great alternative for people because EMDR is eye movement. Mm -hmm. And so a therapist like myself will work on those core issues and beliefs that you have about yourself um, that are negative and that are showing up in your life time and time again. So it really works on getting yourself to that level, your brain does the work actually, Mm -hmm. um, through the memory bank, which is the hippocampus. And so you get to process something that has not been processed in childhood or adolescent years Mm -hmm. because you didn't know how or didn't have the right words then or didn't know how to feel about it um, because you were just a child. So your brain goes there, and a lot of time, you know, the actual emotion um, gets displayed in therapy, but you get to, you know, process through that, which means that trigger that's showing up in your life doesn't show up in that way anymore. So if you're having certain emotions like um, and beliefs like, I am not good enough, or, you know, I'm a bad person, mm-hmm. and you have a memory that it links to, that's what an EMDR therapist can help you through because these will show up in your relationships these will mm-hmm. show up um, in terms of your own self-esteem and self-worth so yeah. it's so important to work on that because if you're not healthy you're not going to be in the healthiest of a relationship as hard as you try you know you've got to be at your healthiest to, to be in a honest healthy committed relationship yeah yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that because it does. A lot of the things creep up, right, throughout time as adults. And I think, you know, individuals, we, we know, right, when things are not going so good. And so there's red flag. We just have to make sure not to dismiss them and let them pile up to the point where it starts to get more challenging. And, you know, you have kids in, in the middle of the chaos. Um but seeking that support, you know, with a therapist. I always tell everyone you can learn from so many areas, right? But it's just making that time to implement knowledge, right? And, yeah. to, and to not give up and looking for a therapist, you know, because it can be kind of difficult right now in these times, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't give up. Definitely. There's a lot of platforms to learn from. There's e-courses. There's podcasts. There's just so much information out there that yeah. you can apply and just because you're in the midst of like having children or doing this or doing that and it's like not the right time the thing is it's never going to be the right time you're mm-hmm. always going to be in some sort of chaos but in that you're continuing to try to grow 
and implement the things you've learned. It yeah. doesn't just like stop. I just stop like trying yeah. to be healthy. I just stop trying to communicate so hard. I think it's going to be a, an ongoing process that you check in with yourself and you're honest with yourself yeah. and then you express that to your partner in an appropriate way. Yeah, you're right. That's true. But thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and um where can the listeners, you know, find you on Instagram or um, what platforms? Great question. I'm not huge on platforms. I do have a Instagram, but it's uh, not like my go-to. Um, they can find me on my website, uh, drmikolich.com, C-R-M-I-K-O-L-I-C-H.com, okay. um, and look for the services they offer there. Um, right now, it's individual couples and family therapy. Um, I put a stop to the women's group I had, but um, definitely going to seek starting that back up in the near future. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do. And for the knowledge that you shared with us today is definitely very informative because, you know, relationships, we have them, we all have gone through them, we're all going through them, you know, and they're not easy, but they're very rewarding, right? Especially when you have a partner that you've nurtured that relationship and you become like best friends, <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. awesome to get there. Definitely. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So thank you, Chicana and Latina Moms, for listening. Um, I will have all of her information on the notes. And stay tuned for more. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina Moms podcast. And also, don't forget to leave a review. Gracias.